This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN. Mike Gill, Hunter Brody, at Broads81, at Mike Gill's show. Hit us up on Twitter, of course, the... Sixers in the bubble, and they've been making some news out there. Of all the teams, bros, they might be making the most news. Oh, I would have to agree. It's a big move to make Ben Simmons the point forward now. Just how big of a move is it, and will it work? And are we buying in to these videos of Ben Simmons? We've seen a lot of videos of Ben Simmons, but is there reason to believe that these videos of him shooting three balls, him shooting elbow jumpers, him being a little bit in more involved in the offense is it time to believe what we're seeing on the videos this time Daryl Reynolds a member of the 2016 Villanova Wildcats national championship team host of the processed podcast look there's Ben Simmons again three ball bang it's good ah should we believe him let's bring D-Ray into the conversation here on the boardwalk on the hotline Daryl what's up man What's going on with y'all, man? So, we, I, we see the video. You see the video. Are you uh, moved by the video, or are you just saying, I believe it when I see it? I was moved because the form looked good, but, you know, me and Rose talked about this a million times. At this point, I, I have to it's put up a shut-up time. And if I don't see it in a game, Consistently, you know what I mean? There's nothing for him to take one, obviously. There's nothing for him to take two. We've seen that. But until I see it, like, really implemented into his game, it's, it's going to be hard to get very excited about it. But I'm not going to lie. Kind of, I was like, oh, this is something. This is a nice form. It w- and it wasn't even that. It was how calmly he caught the ball in his offhand, brought it to his mm-hmm. – uh, well, what we think is his offhand. <laughs> he brought it to his left hand, and then he just calmly – it wasn't like rushed or anything. He's calmly like, hey, if you're going to give me this three, I'll take it. And here's the one thing. We've seen him do it in, like, summer forums and, like, open gym. I don't know that I've ever seen him do it in an actual practice setting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was the exciting part. Like, it just – like you said, he was calm with it. It looked comfortable. It was fluid. Yeah, you know I mean, you hear so many times, like, guys who are great shooters. I'm not saying Ben Simmons about to go out there and be a great shooter. I don't want to put that out there, but, like, guys who turn into great shooters or consistent shooters, shall I say, are guys who they just they just catch it in rhythm. They're comfortable. They look – I've never seen a shooter look frantic. You know what I mean? That's not the mark of a good shooter. So, he caught it in rhythm, like you said, just kind of just went right into it. He shot it like it is what it is. And I think that's what people want to see. It's not so much of him being out there like Klay Thompson. It's him shooting with that free of a conscience. Like, if I make it, cool. If I don't. I'm going to get back on defense. Ben obviously is not going to be a stretch for her, so maybe he is after all these videos. What do we know? But I would expect him to not play a stretch for a role. So how would you anticipate the Sixers to use him in that power forward position? I don't think it's really going to be different. I think the only thing that we're going to see that might be vastly different is a four-out-one-in four type of look where he's the one-in. But I don't think that him saying that means like, Ben Simmons is going to start playing like Amari Stoudemire. You know what I mean? I don't think that's what they're talking about. I think he's still going to push the ball like a point guard. I think what they're saying is in half-court sets, 
Shake Milton would be the guy who set things up. If the other team gets back in transition too well and we got to get the ball to somebody for a point guard and get him down the floor quicker, he'll give it to Shake Milton and Ben Simmons will run, uh, run to the rim or kind of like out in perimeter. But he's not that much of a threat out there on the wing or the corner or top of the key because his guy can just help and play off of him. So I really don't think his role is about to change drastically. I think it's just saying Shake Milton's going to be the guy setting things up. Now, court. now uh, I know that um, – now, Broads asked me the other day, and I thought it was a good question, whether or not he thinks this is like Brett Brown, like throwing a Hail Mary, just saying, hey, look, let's uh, put Ben at the four and you shake Milton. But I guess like kind of like uh, to kind of offshoot that question is, are they putting too much in shake Milton's lap here for, for this? You know, he's only played about five games. You know, he's played, I think, like 30 <laughs> games. But, I mean, really, he had this stretch of games that they're going off of to say – all right, you're going to be the point guard, and you're starting, and here you go. Lead us. I, I love it, to be honest. I, I understand it's like, yeah, he's only played so much, but I think the pressure to it, I believe, I got to believe that Brett Brown is good enough of a coach, and the Sixers are good enough for organization to understand that we're putting this pressure on somebody who can handle it. And with that pressure, he's going to perform that much better. Like, he's answered the call every time before, and, I mean, worst come to worst, you know, he doesn't perform, he doesn't get the job done, then you put somebody else in there. That's when Al Horford starts playing a bit more. That's when the Mike Scouts of the world start playing a bit more. You go with your old scheme, but we all know, like, that old way they were doing things is stale. So I'm all for mixing it up and kind of putting a little more weight on Shake Milton's shoulders because I think he can handle it. You know what I mean? I think he's shown that time and time again. I'm excited, but I feel like he's not only going to show up, but he's going to show out. What does this mean for the spacing on the floor for Joel Embiid? Where do you think that this could help him? But where can you see maybe the hurting of his game? I feel like it takes him away from that top of the key area a little bit more. Um, I feel like he has to play more of the stretch four role in the sense of he'll be on the wing, in the slide, and in the corner a bit more, not so much of at the top of the key where we all know he's the most comfortable taking his three or pump faking and being able to, you know, drive to the rim off of one dribble and Euro step or just go and dunk. Like him being at that top is a completely different look, but I can't see him being at the top and Ben kind of floating back and forth between the two blocks because that spacing is just – that's horrendous because whoever's guarding them is big and they can cover a lot of ground. So I think it takes him off the top of the key, but I really don't think it's going to change his game a whole lot either. Like I feel like they said that because they had to say it because it was a press conference, but I don't think we're going to see a completely different Sixers look. Uh, throughout the game. All right, uh, Daryl Reynolds, D-Ray on the NBA with us, Sixers getting ready. So, you know, do you think, though, that they want Ben? Is this a way to try to get to him to be more aggressive? By It was almost like Allen Iverson, like, hey, we'll bring Eric Snow in here so you don't have to walk the ball up the floor, but then we'll just give it to you on in other spots to get you better opportunities to create stuff so you don't have to, like, bring it up, give it to someone else, and then get it back. We'll let someone else bring it up, and then they can just give it to you, and you can kind of, you know, get a full head of steam or get down on the block. You know, get him a little bit more aggressive. Absolutely. I mean, we look back on those days. We all know it. Obviously, some of these younger kids not going to know what we're talking about right now. But, like, when they did that with AI, he stepped into his true position, which was a two. At the end of the day, AI was a shooting guard. He had to play the point because he was six foot in the NBA. But, like, we all know he was a two. He's better at putting the ball in the basket. Not saying Ben Simmons is that through and through, but Ben Simmons can score in the post at will. I do like a lot of his matchups. Me and Bros talked about it this morning in the process. Like, I like a lot of his matchups inside the arc with a big man being on him. I don't think there's too many big men who can either, A, stay in front of him, or if they can, B, stop him from backing him down. Like, 
He's a big, strong dude, and I think he's going to do the bulk of his uh, his damage inside. And not to mention, if you go to double him or you miss your assignment or you're not looking the same way LeBron can play point guard from that that block kind of, like he'll get the ball closer to the block or the elbow extended area or just pretty much anywhere inside the arc and almost play point guard from there, I have to believe in the same skill set in Ben Simmons that if somebody leaves their guy, somebody's slacking on defense, somebody goes to help on him, he's finding that open man. And at that point, it's on them to make the shot. I, I I think this is the best thing Brett Brown has done since he's been there from a coaching standpoint. What do you think about Ben's post-up game? Do you think that it will be effective enough where if he gets the ball in the paint that he can use it effectively constantly? I get worried that you might see something similar to what Brad Stevens did with building the wall. You might see that just utilized on a different part of the court where he's now in an awkward spot to either do that little floater that he does or take a jump shot and he's going to get confused based off of that wall. That's my concern. No, I don't think so. I mean, listen, he's getting paid X amount of dollars to be in the NBA. I would hope that his footwork is good enough to understand when to take a jump shot versus when to float it. I think he's going to be great in there. I really, Like I said, his turn and face game is good enough. You know, he has a spin move for a counter move. It's not like he's one of those guys that can only go one way. But what really separates guys in the post in today's game is the ability to pass. You know what I mean? If you had a guy like Shaq, who, yeah, he's going to get the ball down there and score – at will because he's so strong, but he can't pass to save his life, and he can't shoot free throws. If anything, that's what I'm worried about because now that he's in there, it's a little more physical. He has to knock down those free throws, but if you can knock down free throws, score the way he can in the post, and you can pass if things get kind of, you know, a little little messy, I, I don't see how you – like, that's what makes LeBron so good to me. Like, you almost can't stop that because everything you take away, they have a counter to. All right, D-Ray on the NBA, Daryl Reynolds, and uh, don't forget the Process Podcast. More Sixers there. Sixers will be uh, getting ready for the exhibition portion of their season. And August 1st, you can hear Sixers and Pacers right here on 97.3 ESPN. Daryl, take care, pal. Fellas, thank y'all, man. Thank y'all. I'll talk to y'all next week. As always, Daryl Reynolds, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. D-Ray on the NBA when these games get going. I'm looking forward to his insight, uh, the X's and O's, and we'll see how Ben Simmons reacts. You know, I know people are getting like frustrated. It's like uh, somebody texts it in, like, "Wow, he hit a shot in practice," and it's like, uh, "Do you realize that this is Ben Simmons we're talking about? A guy who realistically doesn't hit this shot in practice." And oh, by the way, would you like us to break down the game that was on last night? Oh, right. wait, I forgot. There wasn't one. Right. No, I agree with you. Yeah, like, what do you want us to do right now during a pandemic when there's no sports and then you see someone like Ben Simmons shoot a jump shot? It's definitely something to talk about that. Listen, I don't even care if there was sports on. Ben Simmons hitting a jump shot in practice is a big deal. Right. But if there was a game last night, Ben Simmons hitting jumpers, like calmly just shooting three balls in practice. This isn't him by himself. This isn't him in an empty gym shooting it up. This is him with his teammates out there now something I don't know we've really seen is him just kind of calmly catch the ball with his team out in the court shooting threes and look this comes after his coach has said we're going to move him to a new position this has come after he has kind of said okay I'm down I'm going to be ready to play a new position this is almost like going back to training camp now and saying look new season new year new position but the difference is we're still in the same year that ended in March or paused in March, if you will. 
I don't really like the sarcasm part of it. I get the show me, let me see it. You know, I get that crowd because we've seen multiple videos before, but I don't get the sarcasm like, oh, he's an NBA player. He should be doing that. Yeah, well, guess what? He hasn't, and it's nice to see him actually do it. This goes back to what I tried to explain to you yesterday. Which Most is, people aren't very smart. Oh, okay. You, you told me a lot yesterday, so I had to go back in that four-hour window. That text there would qualify as not very smart. Now, D-Ray and I got into a weird conversation on the pod, and we got into a debate about Moss or Rocco. Who would you rather have off the bench? I think that answer seems to be simple. Don't you? I don't know. All right. I like to see who he went with. Uh, I'll tell you who I would go with. Coming up on the other side, got the headlines and more. Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN, free mobile app. Off-season. By no means are we a finished product. What off-season? It's football at 4, every day at 4 p.m. on the Sports Bash. Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. All right, Bike and Road, Sports Bash, 97.3 ESPN. We'll hit up the text board here. we got a bunch of texts coming in, 609-403-0973. Head over to PlaySugarHouse.com, play Real Money Casino games from the comfort of your home at PlaySugarHouse.com. You'll find the table games you can play online like Blackjack, Roulette, and more right on your phone for real money. You can also make your bet with live dealers. Visit PlaySugarHouse.com this week and have a little fun. Must be 21 or older, playable in New Jersey only, gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Uh, this text wants to know, when are the Sixers exhibition games? I got that up to uh, did a little research for that gentleman in a break. Sixers exhibition games are Friday, next Friday, July 24th against Memphis. That's a 3.30 game. Sunday, July 26th at noon against Oklahoma City. And Tuesday, July 28th, 8.30 against Dallas. So that means 3.30 next Friday. We'll roll right into the Phillies' first game at 7 o'clock. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I would imagine so, I think. And by the way, that Sixers game is on television. I have not been told yet whether or not it will be on radio, the exhibition games. Now, the Sixers regular games will be on the radio. I do not know about the Sixers or Flyers exhibition games, so now, I'll try you, to find out. Do you know where they're calling the games from? I'm pretty sure they will be calling them from remote locations. It's got to be so. I don't hard. know that 100%. I'm I'm pretty sure though that that I don't even think they've been told that to this point. No, you might be right. You might be right cuz Mark when we had Mark Jackson on, he said the same thing, right? He's kind of learning some information as well. Yep, uh the exit now I I you know, I've been talking to the Flyers about it. They said they weren't sure yet. I think there's a lot of uh, I'm pretty sure the Flyers are doing it remotely because there was a lot of conversation back and forth in the emails about, look, we're trying to see if we can get the video feed. I guess we're going to be taking that and all all that stuff. I don't know. I mean, so my 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 thought is that no, they will not be in the cities or they will not be in the bubble or in the hub city if you're you're hockey, but that's when the Sixers exhibition games are. Uh, you guys are setting the bar pretty low for Ben Simmons to be this excited about a jump shot in practice. See, there you go. There's that sarcasm again that I just can't stand. What do you mean? It's the guy who can be a legit superstar if he adds this one thing to his game. So seeing him do that is huge. It's huge. I don't get the sarcasm. Oh, is he not sarcastic? Is he being sarcastic or is he just not very bright? 
uh, maybe it's going. Maybe he's being sarcastic because he's not very bright. I don't know that he's being sarcastic. I think he thinks he's being smart. But when someone you're giving him too much credit by using so. sarcasm, I'm telling you, he's not very smart. That's what the difference is. You think he's being sarcastic, like, oh, real big field, uh, NBA player making a jump shot. Well, that's funny. Have you seen him make one in any game in his career? Because I haven't. Well, we've seen him make a couple. All right. With regularity? No. Okay. So, again, it goes back to the text message is coming from someone who's not very educated on the game. I can get behind that logic, no doubt. It's just so clear. That if this guy adds a jump shot to his game, he could be an all-time great. So seeing him do this, how does that not get you literally excited? Well, I can say this. It doesn't get some people excited because they've seen him do this before. But I, I then, fall in that category, And then they though. would say, I've seen him do it before. I'm not going to get duped. But I fall in that category, but I still understand how important it is. Like, I'm not believing it until I see it, but I still know how important right. it is. It's not about the excitement that he's going to do it. It's not even an excitement. Like, he's saying you guys are setting the bar pretty low. No, we're saying that, and I don't know where you stand on this, but I said it's there are parts of his game that we haven't seen yet that we think that you can peel more of the onion back on this kid's game that we haven't seen yet. And some people are like, get rid of him. This is all he is. He can't shoot. And I've always said, no, I think it's in there. He's just not really ready to unleash this part of his game for whatever reason. He doesn't feel comfortable. He does not doesn't have confidence. And he's a guy who's a very much of a perfectionist. And he doesn't feel that that shot is where it needs to be to utilize it in game settings yet because he feels like it hurts his team. Maybe he's getting over that. That's where the excitement comes in is that I know that part of his game is in that body. I know it's there. Now I just want to see it, and are we getting closer to it? See, I'm very patient with these guys. I am very patient, and all I want to see is growth, growth from year to year. And when it comes to his shot, we haven't seen it yet consistently in a legit NBA game, but there is no doubt that there has been growth in his shot from a couple years ago. We can all see it. He can consistently knock down threes at this point. Yes, he need he needs to get over the mental block to do it in the actual consistently. game. Well, but, but even if like even if he hit thirty three percent, which is not a great number, if he shot thirty three percent from three, it's not a great number. But he's one for three each night. Oh, no, I'm with you, but I said consistently in terms of if if he's in an open gym and I see him knock down 10 threes in a row, I meant like, hey, that's consistent, right? I mean, in an open gym setting, knocking down 10 threes in a row, I'd say that's consistent. So we've seen that, and I do see the growth based off of these videos that he has clearly been working on the jump shot. Now it's the big step, getting over the mental hurdle to actually execute this in a game but for me with this team and Ben Simmons specifically it's about patience and growth because you don't just walk into the NBA and start dominating the league at 22. Well we went over the whole list of superstar guys and about when they started to win and just about Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, all of them they didn't really win until they were in their seventh eighth NBA seasons. The problem is you got a guy like that who, because they went through the process and they lost to get Ben Simmons, that Ben Simmons now has to lead him to a championship immediately or 
it was not just to lose to get a player who then cannot get you a championship in, in its immediacy. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. That and that's ridiculous to me. And and you mentioned LeBron and you mentioned Kevin Durant. I'm a huge LeBron supporter, but he did have to join Miami to win. Kevin Durant, he's a hell of a basketball player. He did need to join the Warriors to win. So not only were they a certain age, but look at what else they were surrounded with when they did win their first titles. It's not like Ben Simmons has that right now on the team. He doesn't. He doesn't have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson or Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Well, it, it, and the fact don't. that they have another guy that they lost, and because of their losing, they were able to get in Joel Embiid, people double up on, well, now you have two guys that you lost to get. You should win the championship in its immediacy because you have those two players. That's ridiculous. And we can use Kawhi as an example, too. I love the I love the Kawhi example. Well, look when Kawhi won it. Yeah, he had Tim Duncan, Ginobili, Tony Parker, and, and Hall of Famers around him. It's so simple to me to see this. Right. Well, it goes back to, you know, when LeBron went to Miami, it was LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. He had two guys on the team that were perennial All-Stars, Hall of Fame-level players. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were drafted to this team, and then they immediately became also their best players. They didn't have guys that were they could kind of look up to and kind of get themselves acclimated to being on the team and being in the NBA. No, they got thrusted right in and said, you're now also the best players on the team. And they've had this weird dynamic, and I think it's been part of their troubles that they've had in NBA playoffs, which is they don't have a lot of experience and their two best players are also their youngest players. I think this is a big playoff series for them because of this. They have won twice in the first round, and they beat the Miami Heat, who were pretty bad that year, and they beat the Brooklyn Nets, who were no competition as well. It went five games, although people made it seem like it went seven. They beat them in five. They haven't had a a good, legit serious playoff win yet. That's part of the growth, and I think this year allows them to do that in the first round. They're either going to see the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat, probably one of those teams. And even if they do somehow meet the Indiana Pacers, I still think that that would be a good win. But this is a big step for them to get like a serious, good playoff win under their belt because they're most likely going to see that in the first round. By the way, Ben Simmons' birthday is coming up July the 20th. He will be just 24 years old. Think about that. He'll be 24 years old, and we're like, hey, how come this guy hasn't won a championship yet? What's wrong with that? There's a lot wrong with that, Gil. There's a lot wrong with that. Uh, guys, Ben needs to add the three of the jump shot to his arsenal. He needs to learn how to draw the foul, too, while executing these shots. I don't think he needs to add the three in the jump shot. It would help. It does seem like the three is more on the mind of the Sixers than the mid-range jumper. The three is the equivalent of the hockey fan who says he doesn't score enough goals. But it doesn't it seem like that is what he's adding over that mid-range jumper? It does seem like the three is the focus. Doesn't from it? people or him. No, from Ben Simmons. Like, all the videos we see, it's threes, threes, threes. It's not so much a pick and roll and a mid-range J from maybe the free throw line. It seems to always be the three. Mm, I think, there. well, there was the other video yesterday, too, that had him shooting the elbow jumper with regularity. The yeah, one that's that MKB true. put out. That's true. That was a mix. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I think people look at that three shot and say, hey, he's got to shoot threes. Look, he doesn't have to. Would it help? Sure. He's been an all-star without it. It's not like, hey, this guy, well, put it this way. He's an all-star without it. Could he be a, you know, first-team all-NBA player with it? Probably. 
but he doesn't have to add it. It would just be like it'd, it'd be like putting chocolate sauce on your chocolate ice cream. It would take him to the next level, though. No question. Yeah. He would be put into another level of player. Right now, he's on that all-star level. He would be put on, on first-team all-NBA level with the shot. Uh, saying LeBron didn't win anything before he went to the Heat is one of the worst takes you guys have had on the show. The guy was winning 60-plus games dragging a high school team to the NBA Finals. Ben Simmons with an elite big band can't even get big man can't even get out of the second round. Well, that is fair to say that he drugged those teams to the NBA Finals, but I think that guy would also admit that that Eastern Conference was really bad at that time. Now, that's not an excuse. LeBron should be commended. And look, by the way, LeBron James is a better player than Ben Simmons is. So if you're actually putting them in the same sentence, that's you, not us. LeBron's better than Ben. But LeBron went to Miami, put a team together, and oh, by the way, got upset in the finals, not once, but twice. So yes, he drug a team there, and he should be commended for that. But I don't think that guy, if he's being truthful, could really find a team in the East that was competitive at all. Well, how about this? He's comparing LeBron and Ben Simmons. So that means he has Ben Simmons in the same category as LeBron James? Well, let that sink in. If you think Ben Simmons could be LeBron James, well, then you're like... If you didn't think Ben Simmons was that good, you wouldn't compare him to LeBron because that would just be asinine, you know? You wouldn't compare someone you don't think is that good to arguably the best player to ever play the game. Yeah, I mean, just to, Why even, would you do that? Even to put him in there. Exactly. Yeah. So the fact that you are combining him in the same conversation as LeBron tells you a kind of skill set that he could develop and, and have. Right. I think most people would recognize if he added these parts of his game, then he's on that next level. He's on the level of the conversation with the way he plays defense, his size, strength, speed, athleticism, and his ability to pass the ball and see the floor. If he added that element of his game, he is out of the all-star conversation and he's into the all-NBA conversation. Now, you know what's interesting about the defense? Ben Simmons is by far a better defender than Matisse Thibel. People love Matisse Thibel's defense. How come Ben Simmons is D? It's appreciated, but it's all about his other knocks. It's not about his deep. His defense is so damn elite. I mean, it is so damn elite. And people love Matisse Thibel's D, but doesn't give Ben Simmons enough credit because of the one well, glaring hole. Well, it goes back to the, the conversation of... Matisse was brought into the league as, hey, this guy's a really good defender, and then he turns into a defender, so now you're told he's a really good defender. So that's what the novice common fan just goes to, what they're told. They're not really watching and formulating their own opinion. They're just going off of, hey, he was supposed to be a good defensive player, and I'm hearing he's a good defensive player. Think about this. We could have the best defender in the entire league. I don't think he's we, there yet. You don't think so? Ben. I well, I'll tell ben you what, there was a poll by NBA executives that said he was a first-teamer, I don't think he's the best. Well, is that because he's not a big man who rim protects? No, I mean, I think, um, you know, he does. It's weird because. Kawhi? Yeah, well, Kawhi's very good, but it's weird because Ben can, can can guard one through five, but he does have some issues with, like, the Kyries and the Kemba Walkers, like that level of player. That's fair. Who's, like, smaller, quicker. Well, if he's top five in the yeah, league. Yeah, no, look, I'm not knocking the guy for his defense. I think his defense is 
number one, come a long, long way from his rookie year. In a city like this, it should be appreciated more. That's all. All right, we'll do the headlines coming up on the other side. The Sports Bash, keep your text messages coming. We'll rift off on those coming up around uh, 4.30 with Ask Mike and Broads. Live 97.3 ESPN. Uh, got a nice text message from JD over in Brigantine. Said you guys are doing a great job for us sports fans here in Brigantine. Maybe on the beach having a uh, low-cal IPA. Probably. If I had to guess, that would be the guess, no doubt. <laughs> the excitement and anticipation has been growing for weeks, and the time is almost here. Baseball is coming back next week. The teams will be taking the field in less than 10 days, and there's no better place to get in on the action than DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To put you in the center of the action, DraftKings is celebrating the new season with a special promotion. Before the season starts, place a bet of at least $25 on who will be crowned the champion, and they'll give you $25 free bet to use on opening day. Do not forget about European soccer happening all week and a huge golf tournament that is sure to be thrilling. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code 973 when you sign up for a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. So just to go to a couple text messages we were getting, this is the Sixers podcast that Keith Pompey posted this morning at 10 o'clock, and the title is, with a jump shot, Ben Simmons is definitely a top five NBA player. I don't disagree with him. I'm just saying, like, it's not like, hey, two jamokes here are uh, getting excited about Ben Simmons. They're not even excited. It's not the right word. We're really layering the fact that if he adds this, what kind of player the Sixers could be getting. It's a guy who's an all-star that could become a top five player. Okay, well, let me throw this back at you real quick because you said he doesn't need this. I don't think he, I mean, okay. I get ahead. what you're saying. He he doesn't technically need it because he's very efficient. But he could be an all-star, and that's okay. Right. But don't you think he does need this because yes. the alternative is? If he wants to be just an all-star, which isn't a bad career. I mean, he could be an all-star player who's borderline Hall of Fame or even be an all-star, a 10-time all-star who makes the Hall of Fame. He could look back and say, I had a great career. Or he could be memorable. He could be all-time great if he does this. So you say he doesn't need this in terms of his NBA career being over or not, but needing this to be the next step is definitely something that we can all right. acknowledge. Does he want to take his all-star performance to the next level? Like you, there's some guys who are just yes. all stars. Like Victor Oladipo is an all star. I don't think he has it in him to be more than an all star. I think he's just a really good all star. He's a he's an all star player. He's not an all time great. Ben Simmons does have more to give. He has another level of play. I think so there's certain guys that are just what they are, and that doesn't mean they're bad. I think Victor Oladipo being an all star is a pretty damn good accomplishment. Right. I would look at it and say he needs this, though, just because I need him to hit his full potential. You know, I need him to untap that so we can talk about how top five he is. But I get it. In terms of his NBA career, you are correct. He doesn't technically need this. He won't be cut if he doesn't actually no, acquire. It's not about it's, it's Also, my point is I think this version of Ben Simmons you could still win a title with. If he's in his sixth, seventh, eighth year, and he's you know figured out some more ways to do what he does now, and you and does that better, I can agree with that. Yeah, no doubt. I think you can win a title with Ben Simmons not shooting. He just would have to find other ways to kind of work around it, which takes time, and it it 
It needs patience, really, is, is what it is. So we'll stay with the NBA for our first headlines, a.k.a. the Broads lines. Zion leaves the bubble due to an urgent family matter. So he does need to take care of something with his family. But in terms of, you know, the whole speculation of the NBA kind of putting this together to get the Pelicans inside the playoffs, you would think that uh, the NBA is like, damn, he's leaving? So, so he went to go attend a family matter, yes, right? Yes, an urgent family matter. I can't imagine that the NBA is thrilled about something like this, but, I mean, what are you going to do? No, of course, you can't do anything. You allow him to go see his family. But, you know, the the thing is, will he be back by game one? Because now he has to quarantine to get back into the bubble. Will he miss that? Would that be the difference in them getting into the playoffs if he does need to miss some of these regular season games? Yeah, I mean, the impact could be that now he has excused absences for this, but if he's not back in time, the quarantine, how's the NBA going to handle this? Are they going to bend the rules because of Zion? They only made the rules because of Zion. Well, that's what some people speculate. Right, I mean, all these teams are only here so they could try to get Zion into the playoffs here. So, I don't know. I mean, this could have a big impact if they make him quarantine for 14 days. Well, this is what it says here. Zion Williamson will quarantine for four days upon return to the NBA's bubble if he has a negative test each day he's outside the bubble if he's gone for seven days or less. So eventually he can only be gone seven days or less to be able to get back in with a four-day quarantine. So it does seem to be in play. What's the four-day? I mean, come on. That sounds ridiculous. Well, it's because he's testing negative. Okay. So he is testing negative with those four days. So that's in play. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Looks like Josh might have more on the situation. <laughs> flying over with well, a serious because, look well, on his face. You know I only want to know, what could you possibly add to this? Oh, I know. What could be added to this? He listens to the NBA Bubble Podcast. I don't know if that's even a real thing. I got but everything I, I need listening. to know. He's yeah. got a quarantine for four days because of the seven. Well, it's four to 14, depending on how many tests he takes outside of the bubble. So if he consistently takes tests each day and tests negative, it's four days. But it's more depending on per day he doesn't take a test. Right, so who knows back. if he's taking the test or not? Correct. That's what's Well, I guess he's got to show results. He has to If I'm out of the it. bubble, here's my results from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Correct. Right, that go. was educational. Yeah, absolutely. I want to know where he got that knowledge. Malik Andrews. I knew it. He is all about everything she's reporting in the bubble, whether it's the watches or, you know, if you stand near someone, starts beeping. He knows the time where it starts beeping and how close you need to be by millimeters. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. All right, we'll move on to this because the Washington football team, I'm getting used to saying that now. This story's bonkers. Whoa. Where do we even begin? I, I mean, mean, this is almost uh, folding the franchise worthy. Do you is think, that too is that too strong? Do you think it's folding the franchise worthy or it's new management and new ownership instantly? Because you can keep the football team there but wipe out everyone involved. Can't you? Essentially, yes. I mean, I, I put it this way, if they couldn't get new owners to buy the team, that I can't see how now it's going to go to trial or whatever. I mean, Snyder's lawyered up here, so this is going to take a while. I don't know how you can let him be the owner of that franchise any longer. I would have to agree with you. Obviously, something went down. But how do you feel about how the story is kind of breaking? It's almost it's, like everyone's saying, hey, we have a story, but we're not going to tell you yet. Yeah, it is a little. I saw something on this starting last night. And then I saw Larry Michaels, who's been the voice of the Redskins uh, for uh, Washington for a while, like 17 years. 
he just abruptly retired, right? He just stepped down out of nowhere, and you're thinking, huh, how did uh, that come about? Like, you're wondering what role he has in this. Uh, but then you started to see other crazy stuff, like uh, with um, Gruden. Apparently, Gruden is uh, yeah, he's uh, he's in the the brother Gruden, not John Gruden, uh, Jay Gruden. Apparently, uh, he is um, a big part of this. The owner uh, with the the cheerleaders, like basically prostituting the cheerleaders to some of their sponsors. I mean, how does something like this even go down? I mean, it's just so ridiculous. How now, do you even get to that point? Well, let you me know? ask you, do you think this goes on in a lot of franchises? Whoa. You know, I never really thought about that. Like, if I we would, say this and making, no. like, hey, this team needs to be basically bought or sold, and he needs to go, and everything needs to, like, you know, wipe the whole slate clean. Like, they're not even the Washington Redskins franchise anymore. They're almost a new Washington franchise, and the lineage just ends. You might have to if it's this bad. To answer your question, no, I don't think all these teams do this. I I can't see the Eagles organization or some of these other well-respected organizations going out there doing something like this. This guy, this owner, has been under the heat for a long damn time for a reason, and I can't say that I believe all these other organizations are doing something similar than than what you said. I mean, come on. That's yeah. just absurd. Well, you had, you know, a front office member, a couple of front office members. You had the radio play-by-play guy. They all just abruptly left the organization. I mean, this is like Watergate going down here. Guys are just like, you know, seeping out of the parking lot to get, like, safety so they don't get in the crossfire here. Right, and I wonder if some of these people dropping out were part of it because if it's been happening for so long, it's hard to think that maybe some of these people didn't know when they're trying to get out now. Yeah, three minority shareholders are seeking to sell their interest in the team. I mean, it's it's bad. I mean, and I was... Now, the story is supposed to be coming out from the Washington Post. They are preparing a story, Adam Schefter confirming that the Washington Post is preparing a story about its NFL team in Washington and is expected to highlight the culture that existed and that team officials are highly upset and frustrated uh, about the speculation running amok. Now, there was the one story, I don't know if you saw this, that Gruden was sleeping with somebody that one of the running backs on the team was sleeping with. Gruden found out. He benched the running back, put in somebody else. The other running back that he put in was pissed. So he didn't block the guy, and that play resulted in Alex Smith breaking his leg? I did not see that. Oh, my Lord. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's it's bonkers, now, some of the stuff coming out. who can force the man to sell the team? Is there The some, league. I mean, the, the board of directors could come out and essentially say, get you are here. no longer fit. You know, kind of like what happened to Donald Sterling with the Clippers. True. Okay. That was a messy situation. I mean, you would think legally there would be some huge fight back and forth for that if he even wants to keep it at this point. I mean, what would be the satisfaction of keeping it when you know the whole entire league despises you? You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's in a – that's what I'm saying. You almost have to either get him out or you almost have to tell him, look, the fr- franchise is folded. Like, you're, that, you're unfit. But I wonder if legally he kind of has something that says I don't that he can win the battle is what I'm trying to get at. Is there a way that legally, he can win right. the battle? I guess legally? so. If he if he lawyers who I mean he's lawyered up to the highest degree. I mean he's got the lawyer who 
I believe she argued the case for the uh, the, the Oklahoma City bomber. Oh, wow. Right? Am I right about that? Josh doesn't have that one on his yeah, top I of his hand. Yeah, that, dude. Yeah, how about that? Now yeah. he's got to Google yeah. stuff. He came over here with the smart-ass yep. uh, reply about that other thing that yep. he didn't know about. Hey, I know my lawyers. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she was the Oklahoma City, what's his name? Uh, Tim uh, McVeigh. I think she was his lawyer. Wow. I mean, this, this, story... this, this just took a whole nother turn for me because I didn't see the Gruden benching part of this. I just saw everything with the ownership and what they were going through behind closed doors. Uh, Adam Kaplan will join us at 4, and he has some more information that, that is correct on the lawyer. Thank you. Uh, I, all I know this is Adam Kaplan. He'll join us at 4. He texted me earlier and said, uh, why are so many people leaving the team? And he has some pretty interesting information on that. So that's coming up, football at 4. This story, it's bonkers. I saw it last night, and if you just Google, like, Redskins um, scandal or bombshell or bad news, it just started coming out of right field all over the place. I don't even know. Oh. We are going to learn so much about this. I mean, I think it even dives deeper than, you know, the general knowledge, of course. This is the story that I was just telling you about. Um, According to insiders and anonymous Washington Post employees, the article will allege that, one, Dan Snyder abuses drugs and alcohol, that Snyder paid off referees, and that some refs have made $2 million from him. It hasn't worked. They're horrible. And that Snyder is not the only team owner paying off refs. Others do it, too. Snyder and former Redskins coach Jay Gruden, brother of John Gruden, pimped out their cheerleaders to season ticket holders while holding their passports from them in a foreign country. Jay Gruden and then Redskins running back Capri Bibbs were sleeping with the same woman. When Jay found out, he got petty and benched Bibbs. During that game when Bibbs was on the bench, Bibbs' replacement missed a block, and that resulted in quarterback Alex Smith suffering a broken leg. Alex hasn't been able to play football ever since. Snyder and Gruden would hold sex parties with rampant drug usage with some sexual assaults. Snyder held nude photo shoots with the Redskins cheerleaders. Lawyers are involved in possibly the FBI. Wow. Now, with the refs thing, people paying some refs off, that doesn't surprise me. And I wonder, the first play that came to my mind was that Dallas Goddard offensive pass interference play in Dallas against the Cowboys. Do you remember that? That offensive pass interference play where Dallas Goddard caught yeah. it right for a touchdown? Crazy. They called it back. Jerry Jones must have paid someone off. He had to have. This also was the Washington Post article is coming up tomorrow, Friday at the latest, which is... Um, you might be on the beach. Yeah, when I feel it. it says rats are fleeing the ship and attempting to distance themselves while they can. Larry is the prime example. That's Larry Michaels, the play-by-play voice. Others could be following suit. This goes far higher than anyone can think. Larry Hess and Eric Schaefer are involved as well. Jay Gruden is involved. It goes on to say that, um, where did that go? Um, Sex assaults, drug and alcohol abuse, other owners are furious, and this could lead to the Snyder's removal. In no way Dan couldn't have knowledge of at least some of it. Minority owners are furious and fed up with Dan, saw an opportunity to strike. Now, I'm starting to think that these people who are leaving now definitely had some knowledge of it. You know? You're Larry Michaels. I mean, he's not an old guy. He's not like 80. He's the voice of the Washington football team. You don't just walk away from that job.
Correct. You don't just walk away, especially once things start going south. If you felt strong about it and knew about it, you would have left then, you know? Um, Like, if you if you learn about this like 10 years ago... Like, you're going to just jump out before it starts leaking? Well, if you feel that passionate about how wrong that is, which we all should feel that way, right? you got to get out of there. You can't just stay in an organization that's doing things like that. You're, aren't you kind of... I don't know. Are you guilty by just being there and not saying anything? Well, you're saying that he had nothing to do with it, but he was ashamed to say something? Well, no, I was saying that these people who stayed along the ride must have been involved to some degree or else you would have left. This is uh, ugly, man. No doubt. More uh, on the other side with uh, Adam Kaplan, NFL insider, who's got plenty of info on the Jason Peters. Also, so an update on Jadavion Clowney. Will there be fans in Philly this year? There's been some back and forth between the city and the team. There was no, there's no fans, and there was yes, there is fans. What's the real answer? Adam Kaplan will join us with more information on that coming up on the other side.